podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank the Dolphins Talk Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. With me is Daniel Reinhardt. What up, FinFans? And Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. Hello. Hello. They're not going to answer you, Lewis. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Michael? What's on the agenda for this evening for me and Mr. Conversation. We're going to start out with uh, Raheem Mustard. All right. Yeah. He did a, uh, you know, media session yesterday. Okay. And, uh, you know, we saw it today. And uh, it was pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, he talked about the running back room, and he, he basically said the chemistry in that room is unmatched from any place I've been a part of. Which is two. San Francisco and Miami. Go well, ahead. Well, no, 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 no. Mostert has been around. He was oh, he yes, 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 five yes. or six different teams yes. before he landed and stick, stuck yeah. in Miami. That was I, – I, it was – Kind of a joke, guys, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Funny we'll guy. Buy, we'll, buy, we'll buy that one, Lewis. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, his relationship with the coach and, uh, you know, how the coach sat him down, you know, at the at the year-end meeting and, and apologized to him for not running the ball enough and, and told him he will, he will definitely learn from that and run it more in the future. So... You know, he, he says that hearing that from him really, you know, psyched him up even more. So, you know, he's really looking forward to hopefully having a good season and uh, getting a few more carries. And, you know, he led the team last year. So uh, there's no, no telling where he might end up. Yeah, and I can believe it because him and Jeffrey Wilson are both pretty good leaders, you know, coming from the same place, but already playing with McDaniel. I bet that running back room is great. And, you know, our draft pick is coming into a great spot, a great room. And not only, you know, will running the ball more help, you know, our running back, but it'll help our quarterback too. So I'm excited to hear it. Mozart was extremely productive last year. And why he wasn't used more, we questioned over and over again, week in and week out. Right, guys? I mean, I We know. did at times, yes. Do you know what he averaged per carry? 4.8? 4.9. Five okay. yards a carry. And he had a total of three touchdowns, 891 yards. I mean, you know, this guy goes well over a thousand if he gets the ball a little bit more. I mean, you know, if he got to possibly 200 carries last year, he's over the thousand yard mark. 4.9 yards per carry is is a really, really solid, solid number. Especially behind the line he was running behind. That's correct. Amungo, Mr. Fink. So with that being said... He's, you know, I'm glad that McDaniel, you know, came out, did say that because I think, you know, across the board, most Dolphin fans recognize that we threw the ball way too much. And, you know, you're putting two in a position 
that yeah, just kind of tee off on them. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're running on top of that, you're running a lot of the same pass patterns as far as what I could see. I mean, it was a lot of the same. So, you know, you almost become predictable to an extent. So I, I, I think it truly hurt them quite a bit in the games that they abandoned the run, especially in the second half of games. I mean, they did a good job in a lot of first half, second half. It just, you know, went in the shit can. So, you know, they've get they've really got to, you know, concentrate on the fact that they got to stick to it. Um, I like the fact that the offensive line, you know, did in fact block to the degree that these guys both, you know, both of our, um, you know, our number one and our number two and probably our number three running back in the mid all had close to five yards of carry when they carried the ball. So the offensive line is more than capable of creating somewhat of a hole for these guys to run through. I mean, you don't just get five yards of carry, you know, out of the, you know, out of nowhere, you know, they're doing their job. So there really wasn't an excuse for it other than the fact that he just got pass happy. And I'm glad that he, you know, he did, he admitted to an extent to that and that he's, you know, he's learned from it. And let's just hope that, you know, he's a man of his word. Right. Well, I'm sure he is. I mean, you know, you, you don't go ahead and, and say those things unless you mean them. Now, the, the question is, you know, wh- where does A-Chain come in? You know, how many carries is he going to get? Who's that, Mike? Oh, the, um, the, the, the draft. Yeah, yep. the drafty. Yeah, A-Chain. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this, though, before we move on to A-Chain. And I think it's a fair one. It's a fair point. We've all seen how kind of fragile Moster can be when he's given a heavy workload. McDaniel knows him better than anybody else, and he was banged up a little bit last year, you know, and missed some time. So his previous high carries in a season was 137, you know, yep. and he had 181 for us last year. So yep. he had nearly 50 more carries than he ever had in his career previously. So his workload was already a little bit higher. I, I agree that we all wanted to see us run the ball more, but with Jeffrey Wilson also being the same sort of back where you know, a heavy workload is going to ding him up. There's, there's a world in which you got to kind of understand the usage of those guys. And that's why a guy like Devin A. Chain is going to be really important. Well, right. how many carries did the men have? I do not know that off the top of my head, but you can guarantee that A. Chain is going to have more than that. Yeah, because I wouldn't bet it was very many. So, because <laughs> I, I think they were pretty much, you know, one, one, two, you know. Right. They were, Mike, but, you know, they, they completely abandoned the running game and i don't care oh, i know it's a football at you times know, they did yes you yeah. know they they just you know the second half of quite a few games it just you know it was just and you're putting your quarterback we said who, that. who's extremely fragile in a, in a bad position yep. so i you know i think that mozart you know i'd rather see him get the ball 200 times or whatever and and see what comes of that or whoever you know, they get the amount of carries and we don't see Tua dropping back to pass 40, 45 times a game. I think it's ridiculous. You know, they have to be more balanced. Yeah. I don't care who's running the football. That's the bottom line. So, so this you might know, blow your there. Sorry, Lou. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're this fine. This might blow your mind a little bit, but Ahmed only had 12 carries last year. Yeah. Insane. And, and yep. Jeff Wilson had 84. So, yeah. you know, Mostert had 100 more carries than Jeff Wilson did in Miami. And you can understand that because sure. you know, Jeff Wilson came in late, but right with a guy like a chain, uh, you're really going to be looking to split that up a little bit more. I think I don't, I don't necessarily think that Mostert gets 
180 carries this year. I don't think so either. Yeah. Not with a healthy Jeff Wilson and A-Chain coming in. We're really going to see a three-headed monster. And most likely you don't see Ahmed or Gaskin unless you have to. It looks oh, to me no that, question about. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say it looks to me that A Chain might be a better receiver than Mostert. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm he's sure, really good I'm out sure, of the backfield. I'm sure he's going to be one of the better receivers on on you know in regard to the running back side of the backfield. But um, where do you guys see cat per you know in regard to carries? You know how many per game do you think this guy's going to get? You know I I'm I'm old school. Okay, when a guy is hot. And he's well. running the football well. You know, I don't want to see him sit a series yep. or two. Yep. You know, I want to see him on the field just rolling. I mean, there were games where Mozart really had had it going. And then all of a sudden, he just disappeared from the offense. I mean, you know, I like to ride the guy that's, you know, that's basically running running the football well on you that game. play the hot day. hand, Lewis. You play the hot hand, exactly. So. Whoever it may be and whoever comes out of, you know, camp and looks the best, and this kid may very well, you know, look really good coming out of camp, then, you know, give these guys the carries necessary because it, it, to me it seems like our running back stable is a lot deeper than our receiving stable right now. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel. I think we got three really solid guys now. And Ahmed is no slouch. You know, at the wide receiver position, you know, I think that, you know, after our two starters, it kind of goes downhill quite a bit. Well, you know, that's it's just, a big drop off. That's because your two starters are pretty good. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. I, I think it just kind of depends on what happens, Lou, because if you get production out of said Wilson, who is capable of producing, and if Easy E actually takes a step forward this year, then your receiver room looks a little bit better. Yeah, well, he's a mystery, right? We don't know what he is. Yeah, he is. And those are two big ifs is what I'm saying. I mean, they both had opportunities for a full season last year and really brought absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing to the table. Wilson, his his catches were minuscule. I mean, I think he had less than 20 receptions last year. It's horrible. Yeah. You remember Mark, when Mark Duper came in, he sat his first year. He didn't he didn't get any activity. Yeah. No, no question. He had some big veterans in front of him, Mike. But yep. we weren't passing the ball to the extent that it that we are now in the NFL. You know, it was it was a much more balanced type of offense as everybody. I mean, Marino came in the league, obviously, right, and that changed going, a little bit. Sure, changed once Clayton and Duper got put in. But you know, it's a different game nowadays. And um, you know, I think that the receiver position is probably you know past the quarterback the most important position on the field and then you know obviously corners to to cover these receivers because there's a left left tackle in there somewhere well left tackle (laughs) obviously is important as well but i'll tell you you know you look around the league mike and you see what's getting drafted you know in in the first round i mean some it's changed hasn't it it has changed quite a bit with quarterback and just you know, the, the abundance of receivers, and it's so deep. I mean, you know, you've got really solid receivers being drafted in the second and third round that are, you know, th- that are going to be exceptional football players in the NFL. The competition at that position now in the NFL is just to the extreme. And I, I, I really think, you know, regardless of who it is, you know, one of the, hopefully it's easy. He steps up. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in Wilson, Daniel. 
Yeah, um, I know you don't. You know, I mean, I'm I'm kind of down and out on him because, you know, again, he was a veteran coming over who had opportunities last year and other guys just played better than him. You know, even Craycraft had, in my opinion, Craycraft made more plays in the offense than he did and he was hurt half the season. So, I mean, he's a guy I don't have a lot of faith in. So, you know, we've got to get a little deeper there. You know, you you definitely need some more depth. Well, you know, Sherfield sure, came from San Francisco, and he was, you know, your veteran who knew the offense. So displacing him was not going to be easy. And Craycraft came from San Francisco, who already had one up right. in the offense as well. And I, I know none of us should have very much faith in said from what we've seen last year, right? But to, to that point, he had 45 for 602 the previous year. So if if we can, we even don't care give, about the previous. I'm just saying, year, if we can even get 40, <laughs> 25 to forty receptions out of this guy, he's gonna he's gonna do things for the. That's offense. what we need, yeah. And so you know we've got to kind of look at it like if we have these guys produce, then our our offensive skill position players are a little bit deeper than we thought, and to that point as well. And I, I gave Chosen Anderson some guff on the on the last podcast when we talked about him, but there's a potential as well that he comes in and plays a role. That is really valuable. Yeah, I don't think they know right now who their third receiver is going to be. To no, be honest with I you. agree. Not sure. Yep. It could, it could be, be Braylon Sanders. <laughs> you don't know exactly. I mean, yeah. somebody, somebody among that group really has to step up because they've got to get a third guy. You know, and they don't. I don't think they have a tight end on the roster right now that that is that player. And if they don't have a third option, it, it really puts. I mean, you see who Tua favors, obviously. He throws the ball a ton of times to Hill, even when he's covered, and same to Waddle. And then past that. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but past that, Mike, there's situations where, you know, guys are covered. Yeah. And teams are defending you in that way. Play the field. Yeah. I mean, you know, defenses catch up to you in that situation. They take those two guys away and say, hey, you know what? You're going to throw the ball to the rest of the team you know, five, six times and target these guys 30 times a game, you know, you know where we're going with our defense. And, you know, it's, it's got to change. They've no, got that's to what happened. And we lost, team. what, six out of seven? <laughs> that's correct. So, so I mean, anyway, that, you what know, else we get? That speaks for itself, you know. Uh-huh. Well, we, we did sign some free agent linemen. Daniel, you want to take a stab at that? Yeah, so we we actually brought on. I think you said five. My list has four. There's a guy on on the list that I think you have that I don't. So I'll let you say that name. But we brought in one center, uh, Alama Uluave from San Diego State, Jarrett Horst, Alex Jensen, and DJ Scaife, all offensive tackles. Uh, you know, Michigan State, South Dakota, Miami. So a couple of those guys have had big time perform or big time college. Uh, atmospheres, uh, being Michigan State and Miami. There's. Did you mention Tunstall? Uh, Tunstall is the one that was not on my list. So okay, who yeah, is he's that? Where's from he Cincinnati. From? He's a left tackle. Cincinnati. So he's got some big game experience then, because Cincinnati was just in the college football playoff a couple of years ago. I, and I think, I think Jarrett Horst is the guy that people would kind of be looking at as a, as one who could make this team, who could. Uh, maybe outperform the undrafted free agent status. He's just a guy who's super mean. <laughs> He's played a lot of football. He takes guys to the ground, throws them around. I don't have a really uh, deep breakdown of him. Um, he throws them around. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's All a guy right. who has a mean streak, 
And and they say the same thing about Alama Yulave, uh, a guy out of San Diego State who is absolutely mean, quick, really good puller, blocks in motion really well, gets to the second level. So I think both of those guys c- could have good training camps and uh, possibly make the team. All right, here's a question for the both of you. Who are our backup offensive tackles? Boy. Wow. I don't even know. Lamb. Yeah. I would say Lamb. And uh, I mean, I mean, you're you're assuming that Jackson's going to be starting right tackle, right? For this conversation, yes. You know, there's the possibility that Eichenberg is his backup at that right tackle position. I mean, right now, I. So besides Lamb, you're, you you don't know. <laughs> oh, you mean on the depth chart, Mike? Yes, yes. Who they have? Who they have on the roster as a, as we speak? Um, so you've got Armstead and and uh, Austin Jackson are the assumed starters. Right. And Lamb's you've a got backup. Lamb, Jerron Christian, Keon Smith, who. and then yep. the guy Ryan Hayes we just drafted, and the guys who we just brought in. Mm-hmm. So you don't. It's not deep. At offensive no, tackle, not at all. at all. Kendall Lamb and Jerron Christian, either one of those guys could be overtaken pretty easily for a backup tackle job. I felt Lamb did a pretty good job last year when he filled in. So he wasn't bad. He, he, he wasn't in there that often. Yeah, no. he wasn't bad. He was a great, you know, depth signing for us and and played some minutes that we needed. But he's not a guy who's going to come in there and and make a difference. Yeah, I I thought Brandon Shell did as good as any of them last year. So, you know, they let him go. Yeah, he was another one of those guys that were brought in late, was a great depth piece, and and played pretty well for us. Yep. So what do you think of our line, Lewis? (laughs) Our offensive line, I think we're fine, you know, starting-wise. But, uh, again, Eichenberg. You're okay okay with Eichenberg? Eichenberg and Austin Jackson have got to step up. You know, this is the third week in a row we're talking about these guys, and, you know, they they have to step up. I mean, if we're going to be successful this year, those guys have to step up. And if they don't, you know, it is what it is. I mean, this is what we're going to be. They're going to have to address the positions next year in the draft or through free agency, and that's it. But for now, I mean, guys, we're we're not getting, we're not getting a tackle that's going to be – or a guard that's going to be better than those two guys. Oh, They're yeah, going I to agree. get cut from another yeah. team. I mean, yeah. you know, it it it's it would be a situation where it, it, it's almost an impossibility these days because everybody needs depth across the offensive line. Yep. So anybody that gets cut at the end of camp is not going to be any better than those guys. So, you know, you have to bring them in. They have to learn the system. You know, sometimes you find that veteran who the team doesn't want to pay. He's 34 years old. They know he's not going to last much longer, you know, and they, they let him go. They let him go. But right now, teams are just desperate for the position. So, yep. it's, it's you know, it, these are the guys that, that have to step up. They have to do it. And if they don't, you know, then, you know, we, we, we struggle a little bit. But last year, I felt that the offensive line – did a decent job of protecting Tua for the most part. Um, well, aside from his three concussions, I agree. Yeah, well, some of those were his fault. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, they were, you know, he held holding on to the ball too long. Anyway. The, the, the one in Cincinnati was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, that ball should have been thrown away. And, um, you know, that was 
definitely on him. Now, the other concussion, Mike, he was running the football on the play. You know, he just hit the ball wrong. So, I mean, I, I can't blame the offense. It wasn't like he was getting blown up last year. I thought right. they did a very good job. Yeah. Um, you know, we're used to just absolutely horrendous offensive lines. We've seen it. And last year, it wasn't even close to that situation. You remember that game years ago against the Bengals? <laughs> oh, in the fourth quarter? Yes. Yeah. Well, we lost both tackles in the matter uh-huh. of what, like a, the same quarter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game was over right then. It was Tannehill, right? That was yeah. quarterbacking? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was just brutal. I mean, that game turned in a heartbeat. I mean, an absolute heartbeat. The guys that we had, you talk about depth. Oh, my God. The guys that we had backing up, the tall, tall Herman Munster character that came in at left tackle. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, he was, <laughs> what was his name? I don't remember, but he had a wingspan that was ridiculous. Oh, he my looked like God. Uh, Frankenstein out there. They could have put a statue out there yeah. and, and they would have did a better a job. Leg. Just, you know, run. I mean, they were just running over him, running by him. I mean, so, you know. The offensive line, even with Armstead being out, I mean, think about it. I mean, there were games where Armstead was out where we were just so nervous going into the games, but they did an adequate job, even in the games where we had our main guys being out. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Band-Aids and duct tape. (laughs) Those guys are the key. That's why you draft them. That's why they're there. You pencil them in and you go with it. It's now, that how, simple. How effective is Arm- Armstead going to be a year older? You know, you, you wonder about that. Mike, you know, the guy's had a lot of time off over his whole career. I think that the guy's <laughs> just extremely talented. He and, is. He is. And, you know, his injuries are, are different. They're all over the place. It's not like, you know, he's injuring the same knee or, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm sure he's injured some of those parts before that he had hurt last year. There were, yeah. He had like it was five a injuries foot, wasn't once. it? It was a foot most of the foot, year. He had a foot, he had a hip. I don't know what yeah. else he had. Some I, weird, weird injuries yeah. last year to guys. Pectoral muscle, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, then it was, I believe it was the pectoral after it was the the foot. But, uh, you know, I think that, and it goes for every position. If we stay healthy, we're fine. You know, they'll be okay. They'll do an adequate job. I give him credit for gutting it out and playing through a lot of that, though. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He's a gamer. You know, he's a great, you know, they say he's a great guy, great teammate. I mean, I... I enjoy watching him when he's on the field. I mean, you know, he doesn't give up an awful lot. You know, that right tackle position has been a problem for, it seems like, two decades now. And, um, you know, they've, they've got to address that at some point if Austin Jackson does not pan out. You know, this is what, season three for him or four? Four, I think. Is it right? really? Yeah, they declined the fifth-year option. So, yeah, wow. it's his fourth year. Oof. I mean, he's got it. He's well, got he barely get it played t- last year. He got hurt early. Exactly. He's got to get it together, man. Got to get it together. Maybe yes. Maybe maybe he was good going into last season. We don't know. You know, maybe he had a good offseason last year. Who knows? But Let's hope so. Now I'll have that one and this one on top of it. So, I mean, he should have improved somewhat, right? Yeah. So, we'll see. We shall. Eichenberg is the guy I worry about because I really thought, you know, he, you know, he was a tackle and you move him in the guard and you figure that's going to work, but it hasn't. 
Yeah, it's a guy I liked coming out of Notre Dame as well. Uh-huh. I I, uh, I wasn't. I never am thrilled to see us move up just a, a number of picks in in a round to grab a guy, but I was kind of excited to see him land in Miami. He was a guy I liked in the pre-draft process. He has not panned out. And I think we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. He actually kind of backslid last year. He, I thought so. He performed mm-hmm. a little bit better in my eyes his rookie season than he did last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that could be because they went from tackle to guard with him, though. You know, he was learning a new position on the fly. Yeah. Well, it didn't seem to bother Connor Williams. Now, obviously, <laughs> he's been in the in the league a few years, so he's he's kind of used yeah. to yeah. Know, NFL pass rushes, but. Liam's got to step up this year on the interior of that line. The good news is we don't have Eichenberg and Jackson next to each other, right? You got Armstead on one side and, right. and Robert Hunt on the other, who is turning into a good lineman. Yeah, I'm sure that was all by design. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Listen, you have three really good offensive linemen if they yeah. stay healthy, okay? And a lot of teams, you know, would would love that, um, you know. All three guys, center, left tackle, and our right guard, Hunt, that you guys just mentioned, are really, really good football players. If these other two guys even play average across the season, we'll be fine. That's all we need. We don't need a a weak link to the extreme to where it's affecting games. Right, it affects what you can call. Exactly. You know, affecting long passes – you know, putting us in, in second and third down and longs, you know, they have to go out. They have to contribute in a way that it's winning football for our football team. They put us in bad positions. It's not good. Last year, you didn't see an awful lot of that, you know, in regard to constant holding penalties and uh, sacks given up on a consistent basis to where they were just putting us in holes. I mean, the offense was able to get footballs off and to move the football a little bit. And we had games where, you know, they were flawless pretty much, right? I mean, you know, I don't remember an awful lot um, going back that far across the offensive line in regard to a ton of penalties at any point. But, you know, the Chicago, the, Chicago, the Detroit games, um, you know, they, they were a machine in some of those football games. And, um, you know, they, they have to perform at that level uh, consistently and we'll be fine. They were good against Cleveland too. I yes. think I said I am really happy with the way the line played this weekend 10 more times than I'd have in the past, like double the amount of times than I had over the past three or four seasons. Yes. This weekend? Yeah, yeah, I said it at the time. You know, oh, he at said the time over of the this podcast past weekend. Gotcha. Right. This past gotcha. weekend, I was really happy with the offensive lines yeah. play, and and I haven't said that very many times over the past several years. So, looking back, I I remember being pretty happy with it, and hopefully, it continues. You know, especially you know we talked about it with an offensive line coach. Well, they were they on. were I think the twenty second ranked offensive line, and we had been the thirty second ranked offensive line yeah. the year prior. So. You know, there was definitely some improvement, but are they are they where they need to be? I don't think so. Right. No, no definitely not. I mean, a lot of injuries, Mike, across that offensive line. I mean, yep. you, you so lost your, said every team ever, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it's weird because our team seems to, you know, get a more ration of injuries that other teams don't. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it just seems that way because we, you know, we follow them so much more, but. 
it just seems like at the most inopportune times, I mean, we had a nice season going last year in the quarterback situation with, you know, even our backup constantly getting hurt. It definitely affected us, you yeah, know, in our, in our record, you know, the playoff game. I mean, who's to say what would have happened had we had Tua, you know, playing week in and week out and our offense went into that game uh, fully healthy and, you know, on all, you know, executing perfectly. I mean, that they just, it was just one miscue after another in that playoff game and we still had an opportunity to win it at the end. So they say the healthy teams are usually the ones that advance. Right. Right. So, yep. You know, when it comes to that point in the season, you, you can't be crippled because if you are, you know, we've seen several times where it's hurt us, you know, I can go all the way back to Super Bowl 19. Uh, you know, we, we lost that game to a better football team, but we couldn't compete on defense because we had starters missing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of that being said. Yes. Do you want to get back into the UDFAs, Mike? Well, you tell me, is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, how many did we bring in? More than 20. North of 20. And I think, so there was a line, right? And I think the headline people were grabbing on Twitter and stuff is, you're more worried about it than I am. And so, and that was the line by Greer or what have you. Yeah, well, he has a a right to feel that way. (laughs) What positions was that? That was offensive tackle and tight end, right? So out of north of 20 guys, Lou... How many tight ends did we bring in in, in free agency, undrafted free agent? <laughs> huh? this, is, this is one of your points, right, that we need tight ends. We need, we need a guy, right? Julian we brought in Hill. one, Jill, Julian Hill from Campbell. Yep. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he's, he's going to be a dynamite player. Well, he, so he how, wasn't how invited to the, pros, uh, to the, to the uh, combine. He wasn't invited to the combine, but... Uh, his projection was either round seven or priority free agent. So okay. he has some things that people thought he could make a team. He's athletically tests really well, and he is a really good blocker, right? He can, he can catch in traffic and through contact. He can play in the slot or attach as a Why wasn't he drafted? Uh, I, I, I don't know because he's not one of the top tight ends, obviously. Uh, and I'm not saying that this guy He's is going to come in here. Top anything if he wasn't drafted. sure, sure, obviously. And I'm not, but you see guys stick, you know. And this is a guy who I'm just saying, you know, if he can block and and catch in traffic, sounds like a guy that maybe could have been drafted, unless he's too small or something like that. Maybe, maybe he's six three, two fifty two, and he, size. His first couple of years at Campbell, he didn't really. He was reserved. He didn't play a lot. Right. But he kind of come into his own. Uh, he. He's good at attacking zones, avoids traffic. He's he's really tough and, and a great point of attack blocker. So just for bringing in one tight end, this is a guy who he could come into camp and, and possibly make the team because we have a couple of quote-unquote tight ends that are converts, right? Our, yeah. our three and four are wide receivers converted to tight They're ends. projects. So, yeah. What's funny to me, guys, you know, we're talking about the tight end position, is that over the last few years, <laughs> maybe not so much last year, but over the last few years, we had like five or six tight ends on our active roster from week to week. We only have, I believe, four tight ends 
on our roster right now going into training camp. I don't think we have more than four. I think there's four total tight ends on our roster right now. Four. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's we crazy. have four. Maybe they'll convert Robert Hunt. Well, <laughs> well, we don't want to do that because, you know, we, we lose a real solid guard in the process. <laughs> no, that was a joke. You remember us play at the I goal know line? That. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Ronnie, Ronnie Lee used to play tight end he came yep. he was drafted as tight end became a right tackle for us but yeah i mean it's just it's just very funny to me you know where they went from the extreme to the minuscule you know just like that i mean it's it's unbelievable well who do you miss <laughs> well i don't miss any of them i just feel that you know it's it's situation yeah. i where don't think they miss any of them either you know but they could use some depth i mean i'm sure they're going to figure that out yeah, we was talking about it a little bit pre-show, right, Mike? That mm-hmm. the the lack of focus from what we can tell on this position means what? You know, it means either that they're not that they're comfortable with the guys they got, mm-hmm. or I'm leading you in. Well, or they'll find somebody they are comfortable with. No, or they're they're just going to go to a lot of multiple multiple receiver sets, and they're going to air the ball out a lot. I mean, no, th- no, that's no, no, the only no, thing on. I can. Look, Mike, Mike said, or they have a, a tight end, a veteran free agent that they like and they're targeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few decent ones there's out. Quite there. a few out there. They're all up in age, though. Cameron Brait, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a few out there. I mean, I, I out of the group, I mean, I love Cameron Brait. I mean, I think he's been productive for Tampa for a while. Um, you know, he can make plays and he's good in the red zone. Um, but, you know, I personally, you know, I think that if they do and if they don't address it, you know, with bringing in a veteran at some point, and I think they almost have to because there's just no depth at all there. You know, I, I think that they're going to just use a lot of multiple receiver formations. That's what they're thinking. Maybe the kid, you know, bringing the kid in that they drafted at the running back position, um, putting him on the field quite a bit over the tight end and going in the flat. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because, I mean, it's they're, they're not concerned with the position, and that's obvious. They're just not. You know, they're, they're, they're not a dr- – What evidence suggests they're not concerned about the position? Mike, you went into the offseason. There were tight ends that, that I felt could have been signed here um, that they just – Right, but they're cash-strapped, so they had to make choices. And, you know, there, there's it's very possible once they receive that June 1st money, you know, $13.6 uh, they can sign a tight end or two. Yep. Maybe Brait's going to be one of those guys. Who knows? I would. I could see that happening for sure. I just feel they needed an upgrade. I mean, you lost oh, Gasecki, well. and you have to. You, you have to. You have to have. If you're not getting better. There. You're getting worse, right? <laughs> you have to. You have to have something there. I mean, I'm not saying Gasecki was a world beater, but you lose him, and basically you replace him with the, you know, a no name out of Denver. I mean, you know, it's just something that. Uh, was surprising to me. That's all. Yeah, yeah no, I, so. you know, you could certainly question it. A lot of people are. You're not alone. So, you know, to me, I, I'd like to see where the chips fall, you know, because um, I'm sure they have a plan. Now, whether it's a good plan or not, we'll see. And we'll talk about it later, you know. I think they like Smythe to a certain point. I don't know how much, but I think they like him to a certain point. He seems to stick every year, you know. He's a solid football yeah. player. Yeah. Yep. 
he doesn't make doesn't him wow look you. bad. <laughs> well, well, that's true, but he doesn't. You're not on the field and be like, "Oh my god, that was Smythe." Did you see how crappy that was? Right. He's right. not a guy who's going to be out there making the team look bad. He does his job. He's effective when he gets the ball. He's come up big in some big spots. You know, not like you know playoff game winning big, obviously, but he's. He's made some big catches and he's done some good things. So I definitely don't hate Smythe. I'm not sure he's a <laughs> TE1. No, he's probably not. But he's not far from it. Yeah. I mean, we see guys like Austin Hooper get paid big money to catch 12 balls a year. Yep. <laughs> it's not a shot at Mr. Hooper. No, I hear you. All right. I think that's going to be all she wrote. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining me this evening. Yeah, for sure. Very welcome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is proud to be part of the DolphinStock.com network. Check out their site. There's all kinds of articles and podcasts which you'll enjoy. Until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.